1: Welcome back everyone to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I am so, so excited today. I'm usually excited for these podcast episodes, let's let's be honest, but this one in particular, I'm just super thankful for. It's a brother from our Credit Council Elite, one of the members, but also somebody in our backyard, San Diego. And really just like his story is very impactful, why he jumped into real estate, what he's up to today, You know, starting off more on the a wholesaler and realtor side and really just transitioning over the last few years into like excessive type of investing that is just like compounding this success, helping out so many more people in return and obviously blessing his pockets, which is good. So really just excited to have Johnny on here today. But Johnny, what is up, man? How are you, bro? Dude, I'm doing
0: great, man. Got in yeah. the gym this morning, got a good pump going on
1: (laughs) (laughs) i love it we just started uh the 75 hard challenge again and man like a couple days into it and i'm just like oh geez what a struggle every time
0: (laughs) what day did you get to before did you start have to start over
1: no no i finished last time but then a month after i gained all the weight back and just lost those routines so we're jumping back into it for for true success this time and yeah and keeping weight off and keeping the good routines going
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: but I love it, man. So for anybody out there that doesn't know exactly who Johnny Phillips is and like where your your whole background um, and and what you're up to, do you mind just sharing a little bit more details about yourself?
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah. So my, you know, right now, 29 years old and my wife and I, we live, we recently moved to La Mesa, California. and We moved into a house that I've been, was originally going to flip we have a baby girl our daughter she's 16 or almost 16 months old now and that's a whole another i guess that's a big fuel into my fire too Is like her with how she came into the world but uh yeah so we've lived in san diego for jesus may 2017 so okay was that four four and a half years ago (laughs) yeah yeah it is yeah so
1: where were you from originally
0: born and raised in ohio Okay. Like town of nine hundred people, I graduated from public school with forty three kids in my class, and ironically, my best friend we grew up together from birth, and he actually lives out here in San Diego too. We're from the same small town, and we met kind of through our wives in a way where they were best friends, and so yeah. it's fun living life, you know, with someone from your hometown. Yeah, <laughs> all the way out here.
1: Yeah. So you moved out here and then what did that look like? Why'd you move out here in the first place just to get away from Ohio? Well, we
0: actually moved, we're in Rochester, New York before. So we were in Rochester, New York for five years from 2012 to 2017. And, you know, it's probably one of the least sunny places in the country and snowy. And my wife just had pretty rough seasonal depression. Yeah. And she was like, we, she was like, Babe, let's go on vacation to San Diego, and I was like, "Why? Like, what's the point? Like, you know?" <laughs> and she's like, it, "It's fun, you know. She grew up in Arizona, so she okay. you know, is familiar with out here." You not about was, San
2: Diego then? Yeah, yeah. And I was like,
0: ah, "Like, I, I guess okay, you know. Let, let's go on vacation." And then while we were planning the vacation, she's like, "Hey, what? You know, why don't you think about what if we moved there?" I was like. No, like it's expensive. There's high taxes, there's earthquakes and there's fires. Like that's an illogical decision. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like no, 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 no.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so we went out here March 2015 for the first time. We stayed at an Airbnb in North Park and I went on a run. So I was a big cross country runner back in high school. And so I watched the Foot Locker National Cross Country Championships every year. And they're held at Balboa Park. Yeah, And I was like, I was running and I was like, oh my God, I'm on the course. Like, I watched it on TV every year and I was like, oh my God, I'm running where they run. And I went up into, hey, Florida, Florida Canyon, right down the street from here. yeah, yeah. here? Yeah. Yeah. But I went on the trails on Florida Canyon and I like was at the top and I was just like, oh my God, what is this? Like, this is crazy here.
2: Next level, I just,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. I just like said like gratitude prayers. I was like, man, this is so amazing, it's so beautiful. Thank you, you know, for <laughs> me yeah. being yeah. able to experience this beauty. And I went back. And by the way, I was kind of pretty out of shape at the time. And I was yeah. gone for like an hour and a half. So my wife was like pretty concerned. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I came back and I was like, oh, I yeah. love it here. It's this lovely. is amazing. And so I was like, kind of like, okay, I, I get the vibe here. And then that, so then later that year, we had a, you know, a decent amount of credit card debt and just some other like financial things where we felt pretty like binded and, you know, it was winter time. And my wife was like, what do we have to do to move to San Diego? Yeah. And I was like, well, let's get our finances together and then let's go. So 2016, we paid off of all of our consumer debt. And then like the first part of 2017, we were just piling up money. Oh, I think we paid off our debt September, 2016, a little less than a year, and then started saving and then moved in May, 2017, literally just packed everything we owned yeah. in our Honda pilot with our dog. Like we sold everything. We had a massive garage sale and drove, visited family, different parts of the country. And sure. yeah, and I was in car sales before. So I was in car sales in New York and I-
1: Which is I a great industry it. to really get your sales experience. And yeah, so much valuable knowledge there.
0: Yeah, I felt like that really elevated me to be like a real professional, you know, cause you're handling, you know, an intimate financial decision with someone you're helping oh, yeah. them kind of get and, over that. that and with,
1: with properties, it's like usually the biggest decision of somebody's life, you know, so yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's a big financial obligation or burden if you don't position it right, you know? Yeah, it was just ready to move up
0: asset classes, you know, yeah. just from
1: <laughs> yeah. automobiles to houses. So, and, so you came out here and then basically just started, what was your first job and what did that look like? Because now you're doing a bunch of real estate and yeah, Bro, how super motivational.
0: How I got started here was like crazy. So I was like, you know, I don't really want to do car sales anymore. So we had came out for a recon visit like two months prior to secure housing for us and to have like job interviews. So yeah. my wife was a hairstylist at the time and I was like kind of just interviewing at different for sales or whatever and so I was like, solar sounds good you know that they pay i didn't really understand all it entailed but they're like yeah 20 bucks an hour and you know plus commissions i was like all right sweet and so i got here i had my first day and <laughs> i probably sound pretty egotistical when i say this but it's unfortunately the truth i walked in there and i was like oh my god i'm the smartest person in this room <laughs> yeah like that's that's not good. Like, That's not good.
1: You, you no, want to be no. in the opposite room. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I want to be, I want to be at the bottom, you know, yeah. learn and, yep. and elevate. And so yeah. I remember it was my third day and they're like, they paired me up with these two, like 19 year old kids yeah. who literally rode tandem on a motorcycle together. Cause they, yeah. that was the only vehicle they owned between the two of them. And they're like, all right, you're going to meet them in this neighborhood and canvas.
2: Sure and,
0: not. and I'm like, I'm just waiting for like an hour. And I'm like, I'm waiting on these 19 year old kids. This is ridiculous. So I just called my wife and I was like, Hey, like, I'm just going to quit like this. Yeah. is And so I remember I was in a Home Depot parking lot. <laughs> I still go to that Home Depot. And I look at that spot. Cause I remember I was like, man, I quit after three days. I'd never done that before in my life. And thankfully I had the car experience to back me up to where I just called the dealership and I was in an interview the next day and they brought me on and so I was with them and started off great you know was in top 25% of sales guys right away and I was like man let me see if I can be number one let me just prove it to myself and so I went number one two months in a row in the whole store I was like depressed like really yeah going in at 8 a.m yeah you're overworking yourself yeah i would leave at like 11 p.m to midnight some nights and i just remember it was october of 2017 and so august and september i was number one and then october came i was walking out my bedroom door and i just i remember saying a prayer i was like god just let my wife release me from this job because you know we're settling into a new city you know, all the way across the country. And I I wanted to make sure that we had good yeah, financial footing. Yeah. And she asked me as I was passing the bathroom, she's like, Hey, how many cars have you sold this month? And it was the middle of the month. It was so normally I'd have like, you know, 10 to 12 sold already. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I was like two. And she was like, Oh, I was like, "Yep," And then that was kind of it. And I went to work and she called me. Right after I got there. And she just this is crazy. She's like, Hey, I think you need to quit. Yeah. And I was like, (gasps) Yes, I do. Yeah, like I do need to quit. So, you know, we just we talked for about an hour and just kind of like game plan of like, okay, what how are we gonna, you know, go through this next season?
1: Having a good woman by your side, you know, fellas, this is important. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I went up to HR and I, you know, just signed a resignation letter and I was gone. Yep. And I was like, okay, holy crap. And I'm like applying everywhere. Like if you know ZipRecruiter, that website, so they they have like one click apply. Yeah, yeah. So you have your resume on ZipRecruiter and then you hit one click apply. To yeah. like a bunch of I mean dude I was applying to like Chick-fil-A I was like I want to be a franchiser yeah. you know or franchisee yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to own a business and I had interviews at a few different places I even interviewed at Chick-fil-A and you know for a manager position I was like man I they invited me back a few places invited me back and I was like man I just want my next place to like be something that I'm actually building towards and I previously in New York had also been working as a tech support phone support and so I had an interview with a job for that and interview went great loved the people I was like yeah I I know how to do this my it's in an existing skill set and I just wanted relief part of my soul wanted relief from like just work having no limits before yeah. and I was like man nine to five had a 401k, you know, PTO. <laughs> and the, the salary was like, it was like 40k a year. I was like, we, we could pay our bills. Like, yeah. you know, I'll be content.
2: Yeah. And
0: I walked out of that interview. And I, I prayed a very unique, like, <laughs> I had never prayed like this before. I was like, God, if this isn't what you have for me, Please don't give it to me because I'm going to say yes. yes. I already knew what I was going to say. I was going to yeah. accept the job if they gave it to me and settle. And yeah. Yeah, and they emailed me a week later and said we chose another candidate. Yeah. And I was like I was still kind of disappointed. I was like, okay, so there has to be something better. Then the next day, I got a phone call from this recruiter from a real estate company, the yeah. and I was like they're like yeah, we, yeah, you applied. I was like, I did? (laughs) Like, I just hit so many one-click applies. It was like, I was trying to, like, not be dismissive. I was like, yeah, could you just remind me what this position is for? (laughs) She's like, that's for, like, you know, real estate acquisitions position. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, she's like, are you interested? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. She's like, okay, let me run you through, you know, some of the details. And, you know, she's like, okay, well, you know, your average first-year associate makes, like, 60k a year. I was like, okay, you know, that's cool. She's like, yeah, by year two or three, you know, a lot of our senior associates are making two to three hundred thousand dollars a year. And I was like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like what? Like, yeah, yeah. are you serious? And I was, she's like, would you be interested in interviewing for this? I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <me> up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I went in, you know, he offered me the job, but I had to get my real estate license. Okay. So, I meant I couldn't start until I got it, which was like a three to four month process. And during that time, it was kind of a really good, just resetting you know, yeah. time for me. Like I just, I drove for Uber and Lyft and yeah. and my wife was still working, but I just felt like a lot of purpose in what I was getting ready for.
2: Yeah.
0: And so then by the time I started in February of 2018, you know, I was ready to go. I did my first deal five weeks into the job, and you know, I kind of had that huge high. I was like, "Holy shit! Like, I just sold a house! Like, yeah. you know, like this is crazy." They used to do like coin flips and card yeah. draws, like because they didn't do bidding wars. And so, I literally like sold my first real estate deal on a coin flip. Yeah, and <laughs> and I hit such a high, it was like you know, my sales activities kind of went down, and I was like. Oh, like, ah, you, know, understanding, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause the sales cycle on in cars is like 24 hours, maybe, you know, three days if they come back, but in real estate, it's like 60 to 90 days, yeah. typically like the pay cycle. Yep. And so I was like, okay, what I do today is yeah. really going to yield results in 60 to 90 days. And so I really, after having that dip after that first sale, I was like, okay, all right and then you know I became one of the top guys in the office and after like two years of working there I just realized I was like I want to go on my own like there's a quote is like if your spirit has left the building you should take your body with it
2: yeah that's so good you know if you're just
0: like and I was checked out for a bit I was like man like I just there you know there was there was a A few different things, but I was like ready to just move on. And then I quit last day of January, January 31st, 2020. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Kind of, you know, none of us really knew COVID was going to happen. Sure. You know, then that I was just trying to like figure out like, what am I doing? Like, am I going to be a realtor? Am I going to be like, you know, an investor? And I definitely found a little bit, a little bit of traction with like just being a realtor at first, you know, helping friends buy houses and, you know, investors sell houses. And
1: Mm -hmm. I'm sure at that point, you were getting a lot of motivation though, by seeing, okay, well, what all these investors are doing right here, you know, it it can be pretty profitable.
0: Yeah, because one of the, you know, things that was discouraged at that company was like really listening to the investors you know we we would acquire deals and then we would wholesale them to these investors
2: yeah
0: and it's like well we should trust us you know not them you know because they're gonna you know try to beat us down or whatever but i always you know i'm like dude i'm walking into this guy's like four million dollar house with ocean views i'm gonna listen to what he has to say
2: yeah. <laughs> and, yeah,
0: and i feel like that really helped me you know because i would always check in on projects you know, like what hurdles are you running into? You know, why did this project take so long? What roadblocks happened? Yeah. What went well? You know, what were different things? And so I kind of had that just feedback mm. loop, you know, for two years before I really jumped in and on my own. And then for like, you know, because we got shut down. You know, the big shutdown happened March twenty twenty, and it was like I remember journaling, and I said. I still have it saved, but I remember I was just trying to like figure out what I was building, you know, on my own. I said bye to them, and my you know hair salons got shut down. If you remember those two weeks, like real estate wasn't even like considered yeah. essential, and yeah. so I was like, man, like I have no, like I don't have any passive income streams. I don't have like pressure's on at that point. The, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we have all these bills. Yeah. I just remember, and my wife was pregnant too. Yeah. So she was yeah. like three, three, some, yeah, three months pregnant. And I was like, man, that's, I will never let this happen to my family ever again. Yeah. Like the situation that we're in, it's never going to happen to us ever yeah. again. And, you know, from there, I started just working underground. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, we still, still dead stuff. And, got some transactions going
1: um so as far as real estate goes like what was that first deal for you and how many deals have you done at this point uh the strategy that you're utilizing is mostly either fix and flip right or are you doing buy yeah. and hold as well
0: eventually i okay. will my first deal was i had been so close you know i negotiated so many deals for that yeah. company yeah. and i remember i just talked myself out of deals And I was like, I had them negotiated so well. And one in particular I lost and I had it negotiated at $470,000 purchase price. And the ARV was like, I think 670 at the time. And then there was some tenants and this was like the height of tenant. Like, you know, we didn't know like what was going on. And and it was such a good deal because it was such a small house, easy rehab. And I said, I just got scared. The person behind me paid 480 for it. They paid more than me and they paid five grand cash for keys, got them out, wholesaled it for five thirty-seven, made like fifty K. And then that flipper sold it for seven fifteen. Yeah.
1: And you're just looking at the numbers like, damn it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And my wife, my wife, again, she I mean, she just called me out. She's like, you do that a lot
2: yeah like you,
0: you were so good at analyzing and underwriting and you know you get to this like decision point and you you get scared and i was like you know what well, well how many You're it's right. not just you it's
1: like how many brand new investors get too analytical on it and, and do the same thing you know they don't know the numbers that well so then they try you know doing like 50 percent of uh, what it's worth or something you know like crazy <laughs> crazy numbers that like you know if you take a little bit more risk uh especially in the market that we're blessed to be in, you know, it can usually pan out better than what you normally anticipate. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and literally the next so that I think that was September in October, I bought two deals. Yeah. And the first deal I bought was a condo with foundation issues. Like the, the unit below moved removed a structural support beam. Uh, so I mean, talk about just diving in head first <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. my, my first flip and that deal ended up making i think 60k let's go and so i was like all right all right you know
1: right, i like this real <laughs> estate I, I, like, I, I can, to I can mess with it how, how long did that project take and how did you get that that deal i got it from a wholesaler okay
0: and relationships you know yeah which to this day is still how I get all of my deals.
1: Same I, here, 100%. I'm not getting I, it off the market. It's pocket listings from wholesalers or real estate agents that are about to 100%. list yep.
0: Cause you know, if you think about it, it's, it's a sales force like who are already, you know, looking or, you know, a- attracting deals that I want. Yep. And, you know, sure, maybe that they're a little thinner than you could get direct to seller, but the cost per acquisition is so low. It's so minimal.
1: Out here in San Diego, from what I've heard, I'm not a wholesaler, so I can't, you know, attest to this, but from my understanding, a lot of the wholesalers are paying anywhere from like 7,500 to like 10,000 roughly to actually get the, to acquire these deals. Me personally, I'm above and beyond okay with giving 40, 50,000 to these individuals, as long as the numbers still work out for me, I'm yeah. cool because I don't need to do anything. I can. They send me the list. I go check it out. Good to go. Cool. Like you know, that's how I prefer. But you know, everybody teaches own, right?
0: <laughs> I think it's what people have to understand is marketing is its own business. It is, and so understanding like what business you're really in. Yes. And I'm not a marketer like yeah. <laughs> that. That type. And yeah. so it's like I don't even pressure myself. You know, sometimes we feel the FOMO. Where you're like, dude, this guy got a fat deal. Yeah. You know, and I, I've been like, there. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some of these big dog investors are putting out like 50, 60, 70K a month in marketing. Yeah. And, you know, that's just
1: and sometimes it knows. doesn't pay out for yeah. six months to a year, you know? Yeah. So, and constant follow up. So the systems in place being a wholesaler, it, it's crucial.
0: Yeah. I bought a deal in January and the wholesaler made 70,000. Yeah and i was like sweet thank you yeah yeah. (laughs) like good on you you know i watched his instagram he went and bought like an Audi after that i'm like oh that's great like that you know that
1: He should have bought an investment property himself but (laughs) 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 so then then it pays for it but you know well we'll you know it'll motivate
0: him to give me more deals so you can make more money then
1: (laughs) that's right that's true that's true i love that yeah so any any struggles on that first deal
0: Yes, so the the contractor. Literally all I did was just a verbal SOW yeah. scope scope of work. scope of work. Yeah. And uh, you know, hey, like, brother, so we're gonna I do did this, there. we're gonna I do this, there. we're gonna <laughs> do this. And it worked out, you know, thankfully, but who it kicked me in the butt on some some future ones because I you know, was like, Hey dude, we you know, we killed it. There was a little you know, there's some communication uh, issues.
1: Yeah. And that's why it's so crucial to have it written down. And I even like to videotape it now so that because sometimes even written down, like I can show it, but it's like, well, what did you mean by that? Well, we did the walkthrough and we verbally talked about it and agreed to it. You know?
0: Yeah. I just had a bathroom done and he sent me over the invoice, you know, and it was like 5,500. And I was like, Hey, this scope of work says four grand Mm. and there wasn't any surprises. Like yeah. there wasn't anything additional that was done. And he was like, Yeah, you know, sorry. You know, you're right. I was like, okay, here's here's four grand. <laughs> you know, that that don't that, do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I got whacked because I was like, you know, we made sixty K.
2: Yeah.
0: And I was like, sweet, you know, this this system sort of works well. Yeah. And then I hit deal two and three. And whoa, man, like same having, contractor. Yeah. Okay. And I think like 3 months into the one of those like you know when a contractor stops seeing profit in a project, yeah. They lose motivation. You know, oh, yeah. just like anybody would. But the frustrating thing was that he was such a bad paperwork business type guy he was gifted with his hands but like many
1: and that's something that yeah. i've learned it's like different mindsets really good with hands different when it comes down to paperwork organizations certain things like that you know yeah
0: and because he was the only person i had experience with i was like okay i guess i gotta work with this well, and i <laughs> desperately asked him i asked him so many times i'm like please send me the change order i know you're working more than what's in our agreed upon work like they open up the walls and literally it was like paper like the the wood behind the drywall termite infested house yeah. and you know this is like i'm getting all these home depot calls for lumber so i know i'm paying for lumber and i'm like well where's the bill for the labor yeah and he just never sent it. and then his workers lost motivation because like he wasn't paying them. and then eventually it was like three weeks of nobody showing up on the job. and I just texted him one night I was like, hey, just call off your workers. You're off the job. you're done. And uh, it's a tough like, call our-
1: isn't it It's a tough call. I- I've been in that yeah. situation and and I've given many times and, and chances because you want to you want to make it a win-win and you know if I agreed to something in the beginning I, I want to see you get it done and finish it but if it's not working out costing more time costing more money it can be very frustrating and you got to make that call
0: yeah even when you switch contractors when you bring another contractor in to finish another's work it's literally they hate double it. Yeah, like, they hate it yeah you know because they're like dude we don't know what they did yeah. like we're and so I knew that. And I had to weigh the risk of like the amount of stress that it was causing me because I'm a deal hunter. You know, I want to find more projects to do and more deals to get. Yeah. And this is just literally sucking all my attention. And so yeah. that, you know, even though the budget literally went from 60 to 120, I was like, that is worth it to me because. Yeah.
1: Peace of mind.
0: Yeah. And
1: if the numbers I- still work out looking at it, then it's like, all right you know, let's just, I want to go back to what I enjoy doing and what I'm good at getting these deals and let them do their thing.
0: Yeah. Well, on that one, I actually did lose money, but I'm, I mean, you know, I'm chipper. I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm fine. Like mentally, emotionally, I recovered from that, but it was so worth it to me to get out of that toxic situation. Sure. And I think like, you know, I know Again, you know, starting off in wholesaling, I knew so many investors, they would lose money and they're like, screw this business. Yeah. Like I'm never giving you know, up. People don't like feeling like they got screwed over.
1: Or they lost or yeah.
0: It's kind of that extreme ownership thing, you know, because, you know, my wife, our friends who knew the situation, they were like, screw that guy. You know, he's the worst, you know, blah, blah, blah. He screwed you over. And I was like, I was like, well, guess who hired him?
1: I'm so proud of you for like looking in the mirror and standing up like that's a, that's a true man right there of like just acknowledging like, like shit rolls down a hill, but guess who's at the top, you know, (laughs) Uh, who's the one that ended up just ownership behind it. Yes, that person sucked, but you know, there's a lot of learning lessons behind it. And then that's where you won't make certain mistakes again in the future, which is awesome.
0: Yeah. And so thankfully I interviewed like six different contractors and really just asked them like the questions of like everything that went wrong and not like detailing out the situation, but I'm like, how do you handle your business? You know, send me a sample scope of work, send me a bid. And so then I was able to bring like three or four contractors onto my roster of people that I could work with and try projects out with. And That has really like when you get screwed over and you like accept responsibility for that, you're like, okay, well, I I am not gonna let this happen, um, you know, to that extent ever again. And so my conversations with contractors now are very straightforward. Yeah, and um, you know that's the piece I think that a lot of people have. Well, I say you know people who understand how to find deals. And then find, you know, raise money.
2: Yep. There's that third piece,
0: the contractor. And it's like when you can master all three, you can really, really do anything.
1: Yeah. Real estate can be extremely simplified and very easy if you can master those three things. You know, it basically sells itself. If you can find a good deal at a good number, fund it, and then be able to complete the rehab without that many issues. And something that I've learned over the years is that when it comes down to a rehab, I've never been through a rehab that there wasn't something unexpected that came up that was like, and it could be something simple, something small, something gigantic, you know, but every single one, there's always like, we got plan A, but it jumps into plan C, D, you know, Z really (laughs) damn
2: quick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I, always build in a contingency now. So I, you know, any, rehab budget that i have it's like okay we're adding 10 percent to that and it helps us absorb any you know issues and then you know if there's still some left it's like okay sweet you know like should we pocket that or should we add something maybe a little more special to it that will help us get a greater return and yeah one thing too that helped me that i think a lot of people miss like when they're getting into real estate is like the value of even working under somebody you know, I had, I had a, a company that I worked with and I was able to just learn under them for two straight years. You know, I yeah. did 30, 30 deals with them. And that was that's, priceless for me.
1: Yeah. That's so priceless. It, yeah.
0: Cause it trained me, you know, with less risk, you know, because I was playing with someone else's money Yeah, just to be able to analyze. I mean, I analyzed probably 50 properties a week yeah. and um, just getting that muscle down. And then, so, You know, when I went on my own, that part was easier for me. And then all I had to do to like raise money really was just tell people what I was doing. You know, and they're like, oh, you're doing this on your own? Like, heck yeah. How do I get involved? Yeah. And I'm like, well, why are this money here on this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it it is pretty simple. You know, it It, is. We're just going to, you know, wrap your money up on this property and secure it to that. And, you know, you're going to get a return at the end.
1: It's so good. Yeah. And like you said, you know, learning from somebody else kind of on their dime, experiencing it, and uh, it really builds up the confidence because you're getting educated. You know, once you get enough education, you feel more confident moving into it. So when you do it on your own, it's a lot more, you know, seamless without any of the struggles in between. And I'm sure you went through struggles. So like, don't get me wrong, went, yeah. there's only so much that you can learn in books, podcasts, YouTube, and then also like working for, being very close working underneath it. Once you actually do it hands-on, you're gonna make little mistakes, it's natural. But that that still helps out so much. So I'm sure you're taking apprenticeships right now, right? <laughs> I will be. I mean, yeah. I'm
0: training an acquisitions guy, so it. it's he kind of works for me. So it's not necessarily like an open apprenticeship, but that I, I definitely have a heart to help people and like help them them learn like how to do it right. You know, because you know, you try to do everything with integrity. Yeah. Do do what you're saying. It's amazing how simple business is. It's like if you just <laughs> do what you say you're gonna do, yeah. People are like, oh. You actually followed through on this. You didn't ghost me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You got, you are a decent human being. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's not that difficult, you know, because there's always problems that occur. A lot of people run away from the problems and and try not to deal with it. And that's never going to be a win-win. So just adjusting. I want to talk to you a a good amount about, I want to touch on like funding and all that fun stuff. But right now I kind of want to cover more on the contractor side, how you hire any processes and stuff because it sounds like you learned a lot and just like you said you know if you can get the acquisition down if you can get the funding down then it's really that third key part which is the the construction side that so many investors you know myself 100 percent included have made the mistakes over and over and it's almost because the contractors are a completely different mindset of individuals it's like very good with hands less on other things that, and so we kind of, the communication really needs to be up to par to be able to get the best end results. So, how do you hire? Let, let's start off with that. You know, are you getting referrals or searching?
0: Yeah, I would say pretty much everyone that I use and know are referrals somehow, whether it's yeah. just someone tagged a contractor in their Instagram story. Sure. And then I just start following them. Yep. You know, kind of notice and put the pieces together of like, okay, you know, they work with this investor, you know, or that person, and I won't even necessarily reach out to them directly right away. I'll just ask the other person, like, hey, how how has it been working with this guy? Yeah, and kind of getting that feedback, and and then you know, just starting conversation of like, hey, you know, can I walk through one of your projects, or can you come walk through one of my projects? You know, so we can kind of get used to how the other person thinks. Works, yeah, because. You know, there's some like retail contractors who are more, you know, they're more like the salesmen. They're like, we can do this. You know, we can take down that. wall. you know, we can do all this and, you know, just imagine all the things you can do. But when you're investing, you know, you're, you're looking for a specific, like you need to get the return, you know, of like what, where you have an under contract at. And so what I really appreciate is someone who can fill in the gaps, so you can either have like a blank canvas contractor. It's like, do this, 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 or, you know, like someone who just sells you the dream. But I noticed for me, because I'm not a super handy person. I'm not a good, like, I couldn't build a house on my own. Neither. You know?
2: Yeah. yeah I,
0: don't, I, I don't know how to, but I understand things and I understand, like I can grasp concepts pretty quickly. And so what I appreciate is someone who can give me an answer of like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Do you think that's the most efficient way to get somewhere to this result? Or is there a better way, you know, where we can spend less money to get the same result? And that's the kind of person that I've noticed I've been kind of gravitated more towards now so that it's like, okay, you know, I have a designer, you know, we kind of put together a whole like floor plan, and you know get all the finishes but then like the meat of the stuff you know we're kind of working together and then i'll put that down on the sow so it, and then you know come into like payments you know with yeah. contractor law it's like good giving money up front it's kind of a delicate balance you know with when you're doing a flip because it's like we're getting this done as fast as possible <laughs> and so it's like you you know, we have an agreement in place in our contract and how we're going to split up payments. And it's never like a third, it's never a half. It's like, okay, we're giving you a week just to kind of get started. And I typically will buy all the materials on my credit card. And just, you know, to make sure that I'm also keeping track of like, okay, when are we buying certain things? You know, because if I haven't gotten a call to pay for, to pay for the kitchen, I know, okay, Hey, you know, I haven't gotten a call for the kitchen. This is supposed to happen week six. Yeah. You know, what what what's going on? So some contractors, I've done it to where it's let's say, you know, the contract is, I'm just gonna be easy on myself for math. Let's say it's 50 grand. Sure. And it's a five week project. It will sometimes we'll just split it up. Okay, 10 grand a week, you know, boom, boom, boom. But you know, some hurdles that I ran into with that is like, well, we get to the end of the five weeks, and I'm like, yeah. there's still this like punch list, you know, like, hey, you missed these different things. It's a strong punch and list,
1: it, and then it costs yeah. more than that ten grand, and then they're yeah. like, you know what? Ah, I'm I'm good to bounce now, you know?
0: Yeah. So in this is gonna iterate. I'm sure I'll learn something new in the next few months and years, and but what right now I'm doing is because you know I use hard money to purchase these, and so my renovation money is held you know in a this suspended account that i have to show proof that i've finished these phases yes and then and then i get the money wired into my account and then i can pay the contractor through that so
1: and you don't want very, to spend time on canva like copy and pasting and try to make it look like it's uh, done when it's really not
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know Okay, you know, I'm good friends with my lender, but I definitely have taken a picture from a corner. Yeah, <laughs> you know? hey, hey, I hear you. When like you need this, the money,
2: you know, you, know, you got <laughs> to keep it
0: moving. <laughs> oh, man. And so just like getting them on the same page as me, be like, hey, listen, like, I don't want to pay you, yeah. you know, but I get paid when it's done. And so, you know, there's only so much money I can front. And so it kind of gets on the same
1: page. I love playing that position because I do the same thing of, hey, I'm just the middleman. I'm the project manager. You know, I got the investor is the hard money lending and then the private money, you know, (laughs) know, they're the ones that are funding it all. You know, I'm just making sure that it gets done, but I don't get any money until the work gets done. So I can't pay you out until then. And then you see how they actually start working because they buddy up with you in a a different way.
0: Yeah, and that's been the best dynamic that I've had so far, you know, but I still like, I still want them to invoice me by Wednesday. Yeah. And then, you know, as long as that work's done, then they get paid Friday. So, you know, thankfully the lender that I have is like super fast, which makes this current setup that I have work really well, because all I have to do is I upload the pictures on a Dropbox, send it to them. And then they guarantee 24 hours, but a lot of times the money is in my account and like three to four hours. Yeah. It's crazy yeah. how fast they are. Who's the lender you use? Talamar yep. financial. It's Brock Vandenberg. Yep. Their service is just so good. They're not the yeah. cheapest, but it's super high level service.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're they're good guys too. So it's good to work with good people. So it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So so that's how you're funding it. And then also for the the contractors, you're kind of you're only using referrals. You're guiding them. Being the middleman saying, hey, I get paid or you can get paid once I get the work done. Um, So you're not necessarily doing that like breakdown if it's 50K five weeks anymore, right? You're not doing the 10K a week.
0: I mean, I wouldn't be against Post-time. that, but I would definitely make sure that the responsibilities of the punch list, you know, were included in all that and that we would have a timeline and it's like, OK, this is what. I'm paying 50 grand for. Yeah. And I'm not going to pay for you messing up. Yeah. Either. So how
1: how I personally like to do it is and everybody does it differently. Having your detailed scope of work with a good chunk at the end still remaining because in the beginning it's really like demo, preparing, getting stuff going. So yes, it costs some but You know, it's it's typically not as much until like you're in the middle and and you're getting some big chunky stuff knocked out and then always know there's always going to be a punch list. And if you don't leave enough still owed to them at the end, then they, it's like the nitty gritty stuff that nobody wants to do. And you can start seeing, you know, people try to weasel out of. And also I really love to pay with credit cards for the simple fact that, Hey, I could pay the whole damn thing right now, you know, up front. If you want the whole thing up front, <laughs> cool. But just know that if you don't stick to this agreement, then I'll be the first one to call the credit card company and let them know. And then they'll be reaching out to you, taking it back out of your account or, you know, hearing your side of the story. And if we have this detailed scope of work and also before and after pictures, it's going to be hard to break that, you know? So, yeah, it's a tough call though.
0: Yeah. I'm- I definitely want to get into understanding that, so gonna watch those videos. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
1: For the council elite, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I love it. So, what do you see like the next couple years look like for you? I know nobody has that like crystal ball on the market and stuff like that, but you know, would love to hear your thoughts on that, and then also just like where where do you see yourself taking the company?
0: So, like the market in general. Kind of yeah,
1: yeah. Like are you are you fearful of fearful of uh the market and you know, anything in the future?
0: I mean, I think it's okay to like feel weird, you know, because
1: weird times, right? It's different times. yeah
0: It's there's so many different factors at play, even though the last crash was 13 years ago, you know, we still kind of have that recency bias towards that of like, oh, you know, there was there was rampant appreciation in 050607. And you know, we see that now where we have these huge price increases. But it, the the factors back then were there was there was still an over there was an oversupply of housing. I think, you know, even in 050607, the average month's supply of inventory was like seven yeah. or something like that. Not and, now. No, <laughs> so there's like there's 0. 0.9 months yeah. supply that we have in San Diego and, you know, there was just really bad loans happening then. Yeah. All and so, adjustable.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah and, you know, some people were like, well, I don't care if there's 20 houses in this neighborhood on the market. Like I'll just pick one. I don't care what I pay. You know, yeah. I just said I made this much money and
1: I'll refund you know, my- another six months. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, thankfully there was a lot of financial reform, you know, to make lending, that's a really good thing. You know, there's it's, good loans being put to out get there. The load a, now
1: if you're an entrepreneur.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. And uh, so, you know, I think what a lot of people even miss, like there's obviously low supply makes sense, but people forget that 40% of the money supply was printed in the last 16, 17 months. Like that. So, You know, if you purely only think about that and speculate around that, it's like I think what have we had like twenty percent appreciation or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, well, are we gonna we could technically go another twenty percent? There's so there's just so much money in the system that wasn't there before. And so you know, you have a lot of motivation to go from you know, liquid cash to like this dollar is going down so i want to go into fixed assets so which makes real estate really attractive yeah and i think you know the thing that holds the biggest power is the interest rates right now because yeah. money is still so cheap to borrow so okay. cheap and you know you you see the graphs of the 10 year treasury note it's like super kind of little volatile right now but you have these factors of like okay if you have like you know political stances, and, but you're just purely looking at it from an economic point of view, you have to like remove all that. It's like, okay, yes. well, you have all this vaccine drama going on right now. And, you know, it's causing people to be let go, you know, which is, is bad for the employment sector, which if the economy and, you know, employment goes down, you know, they're gonna keep interest rates down, yeah. you know, because they still wanna stimulate the economy you know, but if things are going well, you know, if people, you know, the jobs are keep getting added, you know, there's optimism. They're like, okay, let's keep this inflation down but because it's
1: out, it's out the roof right now. So, yeah. yeah,
0: I think also, like, you know, just like why we would want to buy assets now is like we're buying assets, you know, with 2021 $20, dollars. Yeah. But we're locking in 30 year debt. And so we get to pay. You know, in twenty forty yeah, like, like we're nothing. gonna have way yeah. more dollars yeah. because they're they're worth less, but we get to pay the same payment you know off of twenty twenty one or twenty twenty like money, you know because yeah. that payment was locked in, and so I think like thirty year debt is so powerful right now,
1: yeah, trying to get as much of it as you can, right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and you follow, like, the big money, too. Follow Zillow, you follow Opendoor, Blackstone, tons of hedge funds. Like, they're still really bullish. Yes. And, you know, so it's like, yeah, you sure, you know, you don't just necessarily do what other people are doing, but it's like, well, these people have a lot more commas in their bank account than me, yes. and yes. they're just buying. And so I actually sold a deal to Opendoor. Wow. You know, it's like, it was crazy how much they paid for it. Yeah. You know, for me, you know, more or less little investor right now. Yeah. It's, you know, making, (laughs) I think we made 70 in two weeks. Yeah. Like.
1: It's crazy to think about though. It's like, like, just like you were mentioning, like follow the, the people that have the billions, you know, and mega millions that are constantly in the same industry doing you know, they're not letting up. They're very bullish. And there's power behind that. I, I think locking up the 30-year fixes, like the fourplex that, that you know of in-, in North Park, that one, Yeah. We-, we have locked up at 2.95%. It's like <laughs> My God. a fourplex. So it's it's just mind-blowing of how much you can lock these in for and take advantage of it while you can, because who knows how long this will last. But But yeah, I I love it. It's a, it's a great time right now to pick up real estate for sure. And with that being said, there's so many other people, I feel like because of the market the last year or so that the average person will actually stay out of it because they're fearful and they're scared, which the supply and demand is still there, but I almost feel like there's more opportunities for people like you and me that are actively in there just for that simple fact, you know, it's like, I'm not scared to go after this deal when all these other people might be. So, it's really it's some weird times for sure
0: yeah i mean you know another dynamic that stays pretty consistent like if there is a market dip is yeah. like in prices is that rental prices don't typically take a hit you know, also, like yeah and so that's like well okay you know my exit strategy would just change yeah. you know obviously i'm doing flipping right now yeah. as a way to accelerate capital but you know, I'm going to need to be buying rentals, you know, to offset that, that income, you know, because I want to, you know, be able to have more depreciate, you know, things that I can depreciate against all the profit I'm making from flips.
1: I love it. It's so good. Johnny, man, it's always a blessing to be able to talk real estate with you and (laughs) shoot it with you. So I appreciate all the knowledge and experience and, and just really excited to see like, where you're going to be in the next few years with what real estate is doing for you and your family and just your heart. Your heart is in such a good place that I know you're going to impact so many more people's lives, which is awesome. So how can people actually get a hold of you and, and connect more with you?
0: I'd say the platform that I'm most active on is Instagram. It's just Johnny E. Phillips. My first name doesn't have an H in it. So Johnny E. Phillips on Instagram. I post a lot of funny stuff and like, you know, show off the different houses that I'm doing. So and obviously I post a lot of pictures of my
1: family, too. So
0: kind of the main things that are important to me right now. Yeah,
1: yeah, I love it. Very true. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, brother. You guys definitely want to reach out to Johnny and network with him. He's got amazing resources and really just on track to doing some really big things. So super excited to have him just as a friend and on the podcast with you guys and also a part of credit council elite Um, if you guys want to uh (laughs) connect with me you can always do so on instagram it's brandon elliott investments otherwise facebook.com forward slash brandon elliott investor if you're looking for credit repair done for you services then you can check out creditrepairmobile.com. Otherwise, if you are looking to join our mastermind group and see if you qualify, then we're all geared towards a four-step process. So educate, fix, build, and leverage, understanding how the banks and lenders are judging you, how to fix your credit quickly, how to be able to boost up your score, get it to the 800 range, and then do a mass apply, get several six figures in funding, even seven figures in funding. And then afterwards, being able to put it to work, purchase real estate like we have secure yourself do hard money lending e-commerce automation stores you name it fund your own business you can always check out creditcounselelite.com that's creditcounselelite.com and see if you qualify with that being said johnny appreciate you so much brother and to all the listeners out there make sure you leave a five star review appreciate all the love and and support hit that subscribe button so you get the newest notification every single Monday, and we will see you on the next one. God bless, guys. Peace.
0: This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonelliotinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.